ministry in the church can be life-giving and life-changing. And in the midst of it, we all need faithful companions along the road. Welcome to Along the Road, a podcast on faith and leadership for ministry leaders of the PCUSA. So you're a church leader serving as a ruling elder or a deacon, but you also have almost a dozen other roles, sibling, parent, friend, biker, landscape architect, chauffeur, builder, grocer, fill in the blank. Come join us in the midst of your day, wherever you are, to be inspired in your role in the church, become nourished, and renew your call. Formation as a leader doesn't happen all at once. So let's walk along this road together. I'm Martha Miller, and I'm excited to travel on this journey with you. This Nourish episode begins something we hope to add to the podcast every so often. We're calling it a polity nugget. And who better to join me on this first polity-focused Nourish episode but Bronwyn Boswell. Welcome, Bronwyn. Hello, it's good to be with you. Bronwyn is the very first female stated clerk of the PCUSA. Serving as acting stated clerk, Bronwyn comes to us from Shenandoah Presbytery. What else would you like to tell us about yourself, Bronwyn? Well, as coming from Shenandoah Presbytery, um, I'm on a leave of absence from them as their general presbyter and stated clerk at the current time. And so I look forward to going back and being with them when uh, this term is over with. I'm married to a Presbyterian minister as well, Howard Boswell, and he is a minister member of Shenandoah. And um, we have four adult children. Two, uh, well, actually three are ordained deacons and one's been on an APNC. So we've kept them in the fold working for the, for the, for the church. (laughs) Great. That's wonderful. I'm assuming that as a pastor, a mid-council leader and stated clerk, being Presbyterian is important to you. As we think about who Presbyterians are, What can you tell us about Presbyterian identity or maybe what does it mean to be a Presbyterian? What does it mean to be a Presbyterian? I am one of those that is a cradle Presbyterian as well. I was born into this as a, as a, as a baby. Um, My parents were members of the Presbyterian church. My father was an elder uh, as I was being born. I can tell you that into, into all of this. Being Presbyterian is a way of how we organize ourselves and how we make decisions. We don't have bishops telling us what to do. Sitting as the stated clerk of the denomination at the moment, it's not that I tell the denomination what they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. What I am supposed to be doing is fulfilling what the General Assembly itself said it wanted to have done in the denomination and make sure that it happens in the best way possible that it can. And that is how we organize ourselves from being sessions to presbyteries, synods, and the general assembly. We have ruling elders. These are folks that are elected by their congregations. They are people that we hope have discerned that it is their time and their place to and to to come in and be the leaders of their congregations because they have gifts and talents that need to be shared and all those gifts and talents are different whomever we are Mm -hmm. and so 
as we look at how we organize ourselves then is that our presbyteries are made up of our teaching elders, our ministers of word and sacrament, and our ruling elders in equal numbers so that decisions are made in a way that is much more equitable. And that's the same for the higher councils as well, our synods and our general assembly. General assembly is equal number of teaching elders and ruling elders from our presbyteries that are elected by the people. They're not appointed. They're not selected in some other way. They are elected by our folks. And I think that makes a huge difference to how some other denominations do their work. Mm -hmm. That's great. I appreciate the way that you laid that out. Really helpful to understand about uh, the way that we make our decisions and the way that we respond to God's call, uh, both in our lives and to the church. It's no secret that devotion to a particular denomination is not what it once was. What would you say to someone who asked you why this Presbyterian identity is important? I think one of the phrases that comes to mind of why this could be important is that we believe that God alone is Lord of the conscience. We believe that we have our relationship with God and that it's not a matter of we are elected by the folks in our congregation or our presbytery uh, to be the person who, it's not a constituency that we make decisions about. It's because we believe God and the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and our discipleship is what brings us to the table to help make decisions in the best way possible. And our faith plays a big role in that. And so because of that, I believe being Presbyterian is um, is very helpful to some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that because we have uh, accountability within our system through how we are elected, how Pastors are not just appointed, of course, as a congregation, we elect our leadership, but it's also part of the presbytery. And as that leadership comes into being, especially with with teaching elders, but I have met a number of folks through my work as a clerk who like being part of the Presbyterian system because there is accountability. There is a way in which we can do things fairly if we follow the process. Mm-hmm. And I know there are those that who think processes can be an, a real encumbrance, but it can also be extremely helpful in how we get work done again. So it can be equitable and fair uh, to the best of our ability in all our um, human frailties. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful opportunity we have to live to live through our call in that way. As you of all people are aware, the gathering of the that General Assembly that you spoke about is coming soon, next summer to be exact. What do you hope that ruling elders and deacons who are listening in on us today know or learn about how the General Assembly really connects to them as they serve within their congregations? What I find in gen- in the General Assembly is it is a place 
where the concerns and passions of the people in our denomination come to give that information. So we have overtures and we have uh, people who advocate for specific things. And through the General Assembly is where we have special committees made or regular committees made or whatever else is needed uh, for the work of the church. And it's a place where you can have a passion about something or a concern about something, and it can therefore go to the national church. One of the former presbyteries that I worked for, there was um, a church that said, you know, we were we were studying the ordination vows, and we noticed that in the ordination vow that the pastors take, there is nothing in it about where they need to say they're going to pray for their the church and all of that. And we think that needs to change. And so we worked with them and they wrote an overture and the overture went to the General Assembly. And lo and behold, the committee that looked at it said, we think this is a good idea. And so they brought it before the whole assembly and the whole assembly said yes. And lo and behold, the book of order was changed mm, from wow. that one concern out mm-hmm. of um, the study of what it was to be a ruling and a teaching elder. I love that example yeah. and uh, the fact that it had a little little piece in that as we went forward on how that got done. I'm glad you told that story because a great reminder of those of us who are really active within our local congregation and maybe don't always see the connection with the larger church, but yet the impact that is there, that's a great example of a way that those within a local congregation can just make a huge impact and make a huge difference to the larger church in general. And we're all better for it. Absolutely. We're all better for it. And when we see things in the book of order, or we see uh, things that, that the denomination is doing, there is a story behind all of those as to how they came to where they are mm-hmm. and people's experiences. And those are the things that have brought them forward to, to do this. And so that's just really important in so many ways. And I know that there are a lot of things that are done at General Assembly that some people are like, I didn't even know that happened. Mm-hmm. And I, that can be frustrating, I understand. But on the other hand, if there is something that you're interested in, I bet there's something that has been brought to General Assembly in the same way, and you can find out what has happened in the past and what might be able to be done going into the future. And I always encourage everyone to to take a look at that if they have the opportunity. Yeah, that's great. And through some of our leader formation pieces, we will be highlighting some more aspects of General Assembly and ways that our listeners can get connected. As you said, sometimes people don't realize even things that happen during the actual meeting and the gathering. And so we'll be trying to communicate some ways that folks can be connected and can watch live streams and and be a part of that gathering and its decisions. Right. Absolutely. Follow the business and what happens and not and not and, and be able to see it themselves as opposed to necessarily just seeing the news stories about it. <laughs> and, yeah, and and you do our, our think, part in figuring it out. Yeah. Right. And and experience the great worship that happens there and and all 
all those other connections that really bring us together as Presbyterians. Absolutely. Great things to, to highlight and lift up. Bronwyn, much of your ministry includes serving with ruling elders and deacons. What advice would you like to give those who have been called to this ministry and are serving in these roles? Do you have some great words to share today? When I've done elder and deacon training, one of the things that I remind folks is that they have been sought out by their nominating committees and those kinds of folks, not just to fill a seat, not just to take their turn. It's that we believe that the Holy Spirit is part of this whole process. And so there's something more that's going on. There are gifts and talents that that each individual has that they can bring to the table that is helpful. And they truly need to share of those gifts and talents in the decision-making process. The other thing is that as, especially on the session, is that we don't always agree on how to get to a particular place as a session. And one of the things that I've learned over the years and, and seen it played out is that when there are disagreements in the session, the best way for it to happen is have that disagreement, talk it through, take your vote and realize what the vote is. And if you are on the side that some might say the losing side or the side that, that is not the prevailing side is that it's still the vote of the session. It's still the vote of the deacons. It's still the vote of the session. And so then it is your responsibility as a part of that session. Even if you disagreed with whatever the answer was or the way, the direction you're going is that you really should be doing your part to make that decision happen the best way it possibly can. I was a ruling elder before I became a teaching elder and sat on session. And there was a person that I had arguments with uh, around music in, in the church. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless Captain Curtis. He would complain to me about toots and whistles on the organ and what we were spending and these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And he would be a voice that would say no. But lo and behold, you never heard him complain about it outside of the session. And he always made sure that it happened the best way it possibly could going forward. And I thought from Captain Curtis, that was a person who truly lived out what it meant to be a ruling elder in that case. And I've seen that happen in a couple of other congregations as well, where there was a distinct difference in uh, people's thinking of how to go forward with something. And in it, though, once the decision was made, everybody was all hands on deck to make it happen the best way possible. And that's one of the things I think elders really need to carry with them as they go forward. And that's, you know, and that's part of the, you know, as a teaching elder who moderates a session, it's our part too to do that as well. And I've seen it where a session made a decision that the pastor wasn't really happy about, but when that was given to the congregation, you would have thought it was the pastor's idea, the way he went into it enthusiastically. And I saw that happen and it was really very, very important. And I really appreciated that and appreciate that kind of work going forward. That's wonderful, Bronwyn, and really important words for all of us to remember and to think about, and I, I think has direct connection to our Presbyterian identity and Absolutely. the way we make decisions and, mm -hmm. and join together. So thank you so much. 
It really has been a gift to be with you, Bronwyn. I appreciate you being our guest for this episode and for sharing some polity nuggets with us. Your love for the church is obvious and we're blessed by you and by your ministries. So thank you again. You're welcome. It was fun to be with you today. We hope that you have been nourished through this episode of Along the Road. You're invited to visit the website for PCUSA Leader Formation for additional nourishment for ruling elders and deacons, pcusa.org slash leader dash formation. This has been the Along the Road podcast. We look forward to crossing paths with you again soon.